Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today, I am joined by a person who was recently selected the Sportscaster of the Year for the state of Mississippi. And you might wonder, why is somebody from Central Illinois doing a podcast with somebody from Mississippi? Well, the answer is that person is Noah Newman, and he spent about a decade here in Central Illinois, uh, first at Taylorville, and then with uh, WAND-TV. So uh, that is the connection. And here, I think you were here till what, early 2019, right, Noah? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, 2019, and actually, first job out of college was working in Taylorville, Illinois, for the radio station down there. And before I knew it, I was there 10 years. It just flew by like that. So, yeah, till 2019. <laughs> I bet. Well, first of all, congratulations on your honor. It's, uh, it's quite an achievement, isn't it? Thank you. Yeah, I, I was blown away by it because I, there are so many great sportscasters in Mississippi that been here been doing this a lot longer than I have and at first I thought well maybe this is a misprint I <laughs> I couldn't believe I wanted it it's just it's really a big time honor I was blown away by it well and that's what I wanted to ask you because you know the the, the fact is I mean you've been down there approximately two and a half years closing in on, on three years in April so you know to get the recognition that quickly I mean you've obviously uh, impressed some people along the way haven't you yeah I mean I, I mean, it was just really <laughs> shocking to see that I I will say there were there's just so many opportunities down here for the stories just write themselves sometimes, especially if you look at the recent coaching cycle for college football. Deion Sanders was hired as a head football coach for the for the team in my market, 10 minutes from our TV station. And I think that just generated so much interest from viewers, you know, in the Jackson area and really across the state. And that was Deion Sanders mania hit. And then you had Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, Mike Leach at Mississippi State. I mean, these are some of the biggest personalities and college sports and we got to cover them all so I, I just feel really lucky to be here during this time do people still remember the neon Dion references or not oh yeah yeah I've heard that it, it, it's just it's incredible you know how much fanfare there was when he got hired here he's he's one of the best football players of all time and you you know I grew up watching him on tv and then all of a sudden he's sitting a few feet across from me and we're asking him questions in a press conference. And <laughs> it's just an incredible experience. And it's pretty cool to see how, how much people go crazy over him and how big of a fan they are of his. Well, for nearly a decade in central Illinois, uh, it was quite a change to relocate from Illinois to Mississippi. Talk, talk a little bit about, uh, about that change and, and how that opportunity came up. Oh, it, it was a big change. I remember when I made the move, I was talking to a coworker, uh, Joe Ostrowski, who I think is teaching at Eastern Illinois now. And I told him, I said, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm really stepping out of my comfort zone here. You know, I'm, I wasn't sure if I was making the right move or not. And he told me uh, great things happen outside of the comfort zone. So that really stuck with me. So that gave me a little encouragement moving forward. But I'd say that the biggest adjustment at first was the weather. I, I don't know if you've ever been down here, but the humidity is like nothing you've experienced. I, I had trouble really getting adjusted to that because I moved down here right around late spring, summertime. So that, that was something else. I had to start bringing a change of clothes to work every day. I learned that pretty quickly. Um, but how I got the job was actually uh, Tai Takahashi hired me at WAND. He was the old news director there. And then he left, he went to Portland and eventually ended up in Jackson, Mississippi, where he's the news director at the TV station I work for now. And he called me and said, we have, we have an opening. Would you like to interview for it? So that's, he pretty much recruited me down here. That's this business connections mean a lot. And that was my big connection. I mean, I don't have any family down here. Uh, I really knew, I never imagined in a million years I'd be living in Mississippi, but here I am 
And it, it's been an incredible experience. Well, and plus you changed affiliates, right? Your NBC affiliate in, in Champaign and now you yeah. CBS, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I went from NBC to CBS, which has been an adjustment. Uh, we, we get NFL games on Sunday, which is great because that means we don't have to worry about the early newscast a lot. So that gives us a little more free time. Also, we are Nexstar is our big company, and Nexstar actually owns the station in Champaign, WCIA. Right. So now WCIA used to be a competitor when I was at WAND, and now they're an affiliate. So there you go. <laughs> Does that happen very often, though, that, that people will leave one, one network for, for another, or is that a little bit unusual? No, I think it happens quite often. People move, move around a lot in TV. The, the way it works for a lot of sports reporters and sports anchors in TV is they make you sign a two- two or three year contract. And once your contract's up, you know, you're, you either stay if you're lucky enough to get another offer from them or you pursue another opportunity. And as long as you're not under contract, you could go wherever you want in the country. So people change affiliates time to time. Maybe, maybe changing uh, companies would be a little more rare than changing affiliates per se. Well, and you know, I wanted to follow up on that because that's one of the biggest differences I think between the, the TV part of journalism and what I was in the newspaper part is because basically once I was established, I felt like, you know, as long as I didn't do something egregious, you know, I was going to have a job. But, yeah. You know, whereas in, in TV, that's the way I understand it. I mean, you, you sign that contract and when it's up for, they don't have to give you a reason. They just might not renew it and, and you're out. Is that a little bit unsettling that the, to know that you may not have that, uh, that permanence that, that you might like to have? It, it can be very unsettling and it's, I kind of wish they would change the way they go about doing that. It's just, you know, I, I don't, I've seen some great, some of the most talented TV people I've ever met um, have to leave the business because but their station's cutting back, not doing as much sports or they just, they eliminate their position and they'd have, and it drove, it drives a lot of good people out of the business. Unfortunately, it's, it's really changed a lot over the past few years. Um, yeah. I mean, you're, you're always thinking about what's next. Unfortunately, once that, once you hit that, second year of the contract you're thinking oh boy I, I could be without a job here within the next year so it's just kind of the nature of the beast unfortunately kind of similar to I guess the life of a pro athlete especially in football you could be a, a pro bowler and then two years later you're out of the league so in, in some regards it's kind of similar to that it can't be unsettling at times so you think maybe this uh, sportscaster the year award will give you at least a little bit of security for a couple more years or not well, I, I hope so. Yeah, I, I think it, it definitely helps. You know, it's always good to have something like that to put on your resume to something that could, you know, you could take to your superiors or another station and say, hey, this is proof that, you know, what we're doing is working at least somewhat. So it, it, it definitely helps. I would say that. Now, you have background in both radio and TV. Talk a little bit about what you saw as the advantages of each and then why you kind of decided to focus on the, the TV end of it. Well, sometimes I actually think about going back to radio because it, it's just so much, it was so enjoyable. And there's so many opportunities that come with it. My first job out of college, like I said, in Taylorville was at uh, WTIM 97.3. I don't know if they've changed numbers now or what in Taylorville, but they pretty much threw me right into the fire. It was a great learning experience. I was hosting news shows and sports talk shows. I was doing play-by-play -play for all the Central A&M football games and Taylorville basketball, Shelbyville basketball. And actually looking back, those play-by-play -play opportunities I had, I think that's some of the most fun I've ever had in sports. So I, I always kind of want to get back to that. So in the future, I would like to maybe find my way back to doing play-by-play -play 
for radio. Radio, the, the biggest difference between radio and TV is TV is a lot more scripted. Yeah, I'll get maybe two and a half minutes for a sportscast in the six o'clock news. Whereas radio, you might have a three hour radio show. So it's a lot more conversational. I feel like you could do a lot more creativity, cre- creatively with radio. Uh, TV has its own sense of challenges. It's more, you know, you really have to hone in on focus and focus on specific things in TV because you only get so much time. Whereas radio, you could explore maybe topics more in depth. And I, I wanted to ask you about that because I mean, you can, you can go out and cover a game. There'll be all these exciting plays and you'll get these great interviews and then you might have 45 seconds to, to recap it on TV. That, oh. night. And that That's just gotta be incredibly frustrating to, to know you have all the material and, and, you know, so little time. I mean, t- talk about that. Yeah, it really is. That's funny too. Cause I asked someone the other day, what do you think is better to interview someone who doesn't say enough or interview someone who says too much? Cause in, <laughs> in TV, it, Oh, you'll come back with, yeah, like you said, a third 30 minute interview or something. And you're thinking, how in the world do I whittle this down to a 30 second soundbite or a 90 second story? It's really tough. I, I guess one one thing you have now that you didn't have 10 years ago is social media. So you could always have digital extras, you know, whatever we don't put on TV will upload to the to Twitter or Facebook and that'll be an extra and people can get it there. But yeah, it, that's one of the biggest challenges is taking I, went, I covered Mississippi State Baseball Media Day the other day, and they had like six players talk and the head coach and probably got over an hour's worth of sound. Good, really good sound, too. And I only have two and a half minutes to do the whole story on it. So had to had to cut a lot of stuff out. It, it's pretty challenging. Probably some follow-ups coming up, though, right? Exactly. That, too. We do have a, a long Sunday sports show where we get a little extra time, so we'll save some sound and use some of it on that sports show, which is pretty – pretty cool to do well and of course another advantage you have now over you know back decades ago when, when i was growing up uh, most people now by the time they watch tv they know the score of the game they know who won whereas yeah. back in the 60s and 70s i mean they were waiting for that tv show to come on the, the sportscast to find out you know did the cubs win today did the illini win you know who, who won and so you know you you kind of already have that point established and so you can kind of get into the the perspective and the interviews and, and some of the highlights without having to spend a lot of time on the, on the actual game itself. Right. Exactly. You know, even 10 years ago, getting the TV, there was a lot more emphasis placed on highlights and scores. It's really changed now, but you know, 10 years ago, maybe I would do spend a minute on a, on a college basketball highlight. Now you kind of really got to cut down on that. Maybe spend 30 seconds on a highlight and the rest on, you know, a post-game story or, or sound from a press conference. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's really, you know, you're competing with a lot of different platforms now for eyeballs. There's all these podcasts, Twitter and Facebook, and streaming services, and it really challenges you to be a little more creative and you have to think outside the box and do different things to pull people in and get you to wa- and get them to watch. Uh, it, it's definitely moved more from just highlights and scores to more feature stories and, the, you know, but high school sports, that really is the lifeblood of local sports, I think, because that's where we could that's where people still really need us to get video from high school games. And, you know, they might know the score already, but maybe they didn't see all the big plays or hear from the coach or the players. So high school sports is, is big. How many high schools are you responsible for in your coverage area? Oh, there's a lot. I, Oh, there's a lot. So just in the Jackson Metro area, you have, you have a lot of big schools. There's like Pearl Clinton, Madison central, 
seven Jackson public schools, uh, over a hundred. It's similar to Illinois, the Decatur Champaign Springfield market where the market is just, it stretches so far. Like you'll cover Salt Fork and also technically you've got Williamsville all the way in Sangamon County. That's technically in your market. So it's just a wide, a wide range of schools. And yeah, it keeps us pretty busy. There's always several teams playing for state championships at the end of the year because the market is just so big. So you grew up in, in Cleveland. How, uh, what did you see yourself doing as you were getting out of high school? Were you sensing that you wanted to pursue a career in, in some kind of broadcasting or, or not? Yeah, actually, it's what I've always wanted to do. I, I, when I was a little kid, I'd listen to all the Indians games on the radio, Tom Hamilton, or they're the Guardians now, I guess I should say, but Indians back in the day. And then Joe Tate called the Cleveland Cavaliers games on the radio, Jim Donovan, the Browns. And I actually, I remember going to games as a kid and, and, and just kind of acting like I was calling the game sometimes when I was a little kid. And yes, yeah, I've always wanted to work in broadcasting. It's one of those things that's just kind of ever since I saw it, watched my first, let's see, my earliest memories watching sports were actually, this is kind of random. It wasn't even a Cleveland team. It was the Atlanta Braves because they were on TBS, I believe, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And they, and they had that, those teams with like Fred McGriff, uh, Ron Gant, and someone David Justice, and they were just a fun team to watch. And I remember just really being interested in the broadcasters who called the games. And that's ever since then, really what I always wanted to do. So I guess I've been lucky enough to know early on that I wanted to be in broadcasting and then lucky enough to actually get a job in it because these are these are really tough jobs to get. How did you uh, get your first job going from, from Dayton to, uh, to Taylorville, Illinois? How, how did that work out? Oh, I just sent out a million applications everywhere to all kinds of states. And, and then they were, they responded to me and uh, Brandon fellows was the guy who worked there at the time. He responded to me and really it was just, it was, it was hard to get a response from, it was hard to get a sports job somewhere, especially one that would let me be on air right away. And they did, they, you know, they were gonna let me do play by play and have my own talk shows. And, and so that, that was a tough move too. I remember moving down there with my mom and, moving into my apartment and I told her, I'm, like, I'm not sure I can do this because I'm kind of a homebody. So that was the first time really leaving the state of Ohio in terms of living somewhere else. So it was tough, but I just, you know, you get, you gotta, you gotta do it. And it was, it was tough to move from a big city to a small town, but I had some of my best memories were living in Taylorville. That's, it was a great place to live. And so, yeah, I guess it was just, it's just how you start a lot of times in sports broadcasting is you go to small towns and get your feet wet there. And that's just a great learning experience. So I know too, when you, when you got to WAND, you spent some time as uh, as the Champaign uh, Bureau Chief for news though. It was that yeah. you kind of saw to get your foot in the door with an eye of getting into sports and you thought, well, hey, if I do news, maybe I, I'll be here and I can shift over or how, how did that happen? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I was, I, I never really intended to do news for long-term. I even, even the, the news director, Ty, who hired me there at the time, knew that I wanted to get into sports, but I really didn't have much TV experience, professional TV experience at least. So that, that's kind of how I got started. You want to talk about a great learning experience. Oh boy, I, I don't even want to go back and look at how bad I was on air back then. That was, you know, shooting my own video, covering stories that are, you know, tough crimes to cover and, so I think I only did that for less than half a year. And then one of the sports people left at our station and I wanted to fill in. So I filled in and then 
kind of was on a trial basis for a while and had to kind of prove that I could handle that that role of weekend sports anchor and then really stuck to sports after that so yeah I, I never really wanted to do news it was always sports but sometimes you have to start news to kind of get your foot in the door absolutely well I'm sure during your, your time here in central Illinois do you, do you remember the name Mike Coon yes 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 from uh, Monticello right well he I, I bring him up because he got a start kind of like you said I remember back he wasn't even in high school and I would go to these Monticello games and I see there this guy sitting there with a tape recorder talking into it. And so finally I, I met him and talked to him one time. And I said, well, what are you doing? And he said, I'm, I'm practicing broadcasting. I'm, I'm broadcasting this game as it goes along. And, you know, of course, then he got into sports media with the, with the U of I, he's done a lot of uh, radio work with WDWS for, for line volleyball and, and women's basketball. And, and um, so, I mean, sometimes that, that's what you have to do. You, you recognize at a young age, and then you do whatever it takes. I know I, I used to go to basketball games and uh, when I was in, in junior high and I, I would take notes and I would go home and I would write a story like I was writing for the newspaper. And of course, nobody yeah. except my parents, but so, so <laughs> you, you have to do it, right? It's to do things like that to just kind of get used to uh, the whole process. Oh, a hundred percent. I remember practicing in my bedroom as a kid into a Fisher Price tape recorder. Uh, yeah, I mean, that. You know, it's, it's not everyone is lucky enough to be, um, you know, have connections or be like Joe Buck and start big right away. Or right. That's just not, not how it works. You kind of have to pay your dues and you have to be, yeah, take it into your own hands to get that experience, whether it's an internship when you're in college or whether you're just sitting in your car and you're, you're talking into your phone, recording a, a mock newscast for, a, you know, a mock podcast or something. It, you got to practice as much as you can. That's funny. Yeah, we we all, a lot of us have stories like that. And Mike Kuhn, he's he's a great guy. I, I miss him. That, that's what I miss a lot about Central Illinois. Is you meet so many great people, and it's I yeah I think about my time there in Central Illinois uh, every single day. We'll talk about some of your fondest memories from Central Illinois. Whether it was uh, maybe some kind of uh, funny thing that happened as you were going to a game, or after a game, or during an interview, or or just the game itself, what were some things that, that stand out uh, for you from your, from your almost decade here? Oh, there are so many. I could definitely write a book about it or do a podcast or something on it. Really nothing compares to those Friday nights in the fall. High school football, just the rush of putting together the, the plan of what games you're going to cover that night, going to the games, um, getting the highlights, coming back, editing them, and then doing our Friday night football show. That is there nothing compared to that. We did a segment, though, when I first started there, it was called a sports challenge where we would challenge people in the community to their favorite games. And we'd go out there, we'd play them, we'd film it, and then we'd put a feature together on it on our local news. And that was that was an incredible experience. I mean, we met people playing shuffleboard, pickleball, even games that they invented in their backyard. And it I don't know. I've never done anything that unique in, in my professional career. I'd like to start up a sports challenge again sometime soon, but just, just interacting with people. And I don't know. I mean, it just, but yeah, Friday night. And then of course the covering the Illini too, unfortunately they weren't that good when I was there after I was the jinx, I think. Cause after I left, that's when they got really good when the basketball team made the run with Iota Sumu last year. And I, I think their team this year is as good as last year's team. I think they have a good shot to get, to the elite eight or maybe even the final four if the matchup shake out well um cover you know going to an Illini basketball game that was always a great experience even when they weren't winning a lot you could still feel the passion of the fan base 
And it was you always got that got that excitement any, anytime you'd walk into the arena on game day. So it's just yeah, a lot of great a lot of great memories. That's why it was tough to leave Central Illinois because loved it a lot. I bet. So you're the sports director now at WJTV in Jackson, Mississippi. Talk about your staff. How how big is your staff? How many full timers? How many part timers? Right now it's just me and Blake Levine, who's our weekend sports anchor. Uh, before that, we had a three-person department. It was me, Blake, who was a sports journalist. MMJ is what they call him. He'll go, he'll go out and shoot stories for us. And we had Haley Hunter, who was our weekend sports anchor. And she's actually now, she recently moved on to work for the New York Islanders hockey team. So now it's just a two-man department. And that's normally about, you know, if you're in a medium-sized market, that's normally par for the course. If you're lucky, if you have a three-person department, we were the only station in our market to have three people for for a long time usually it's two people i know wcia there has three people but you look at like w a and d is a two-person department i believe it still is and uh the station in springfield i think is two person maybe even one person now um but yeah usually it's just me and me and another guy and it's you're responsible for covering all these sports it could could be overwhelming at times but i think we're able to get the job done pretty well with two people Talk about some of the challenges you, you faced from 2020 on, uh, trying to deal with COVID and uh, get your interviews and, and so on and so forth. Uh, what was that like for you? Gosh, yeah, it, it really changed. Everything changed. I, I remember going uh, almost a full two years without doing an in-person press conference. I remember it. We did a, I think we did a post-game press conference for a Jackson State football game with Deion Sanders. It was a spring football game because they played their football season in the spring, their conference, which is that's one big change from COVID is a spring college football season. Never thought I'd see that. I remember we did a press conference and it, it hit me like, wow, we're actually doing an in-person press conference, but yeah, it really forced you to think outside the box a little bit more. Like when I went out to cover the college world series in Omaha, we covered Mississippi state and no access to practice, no locker room access, you know, everything was done on zoom. So limited player availability. So it kind of forced you to get creative and have to seek out those, fan feature stories or talk to the bus driver or talk to the radio play-by-play guy who's been calling the games for 40 years. So in some ways it's been tough, but at the same time, it forces you a little bit to be more creative. I want to ask you before I let you go a little bit about your hobbies. I know you're, you're a black belt in, in Taekwondo. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. Got involved with it. And is, is that something you still keep up with? Actually, I don't anymore, but I was, this, this, I got my black belt when I was younger. I was in about, I think I started in fifth grade. I was actually big introvert, really shy kid, which is crazy. That I'm working in TV now because I'm really an introvert at heart. And I think my parents kind of wanted me to kind of wanted to get me into something that would force me to get myself out there and socialize a little bit more. And Taekwondo teaches a lot of great life lessons. And so, yeah, I, I got into that with my older brother, Ryan, and we kind of went through it together and worked our way up to black belts and but I haven't done it since I think I stopped doing it in high school and I haven't really done it since so I don't know how effective I'll you know let's just say I'm not going to go out picking any fights or anything because I don't know if how much I remember of it but that was yeah taekwondo and other than that I'm just a, I mean I'm a big sports junkie I any college basketball game any football game if it's on tv I'll I'll watch it I like keeping up with all my teams and I'm a movie buff too, big movie buff. So I'm always looking for the 
you know, what movies out or what TV show. There's so many different services now, Netflix, Disney plus it's hard to keep up with all the, I feel like there's too much. It's like content overload, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, when I'm not working, I'm watching sports or watching movies pretty much not, not too exciting. I know. All right. Well, Noah Newman, uh, we certainly appreciate uh, your time and talking with you today. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? Well, thanks for having me on. It's great to talk with you too. I, you're, I mean, you're a central Illinois legend. So when, when you messaged me and invited me to come on a podcast, I was definitely wanted to do it. And uh, just want to say, I admit, you know, I miss all the people in central Illinois. I, I think all the time, I always randomly will check, you know, come playoff time, I'll check the IHSA website or I'll just check to see, you know, who's playing the matchups, who's playing for state championships. And so it's something that kind of, I'm not there anymore, but I'm always going, going to be following the Illini, following, you know, what's going on in the central Illinois sports scene. So I miss it a lot. And I've kind of kept my hand involved in a few things too, since I retired from the news gazette. So it, uh, you know, I think it's one of those things that gets in your blood and it just kind of, yeah. and it, it's hard to walk away. I know that. For sure. Yeah, it's it's part of your life forever. <laughs> All right. Well, Noah, thanks again. Uh, and again, congratulations on uh, State of Mississippi Sportscaster of the Year. I mean, for people that, that are unaware, um, the, uh, the, the there's one sportscaster and one sports writer per state that gets honored and recognized each year. So uh, it's not like it's, you know, multiple people that, that get recognized. You get 50 of them nicely. And uh, to be in that group is, is really, really special. So congratulations. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, it's a big time honor. I, I'm, I feel really lucky. You bet. We'll be in touch. Thanks, Noah. All right. Thanks, Fred.